Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Today is the Happy Holy Ween, or the, today's the uh, the Holy Evening before All Saints Day. We'll be talking about that. So, what is All Saints Day? I'll tell you what it is. It's the uh, it's the Hall of Fame. Those that make it to heaven are part of the Catholic Hall of Fame. Those that go to hell are part of the Hall of Shame. Couple things we want to talk to you today on the rundown. We want to talk about the way the IRS is moving against Christians. Sounds exactly like what the Roman emperors were doing back in the first century when they were forcing people to worship the Caesar in order for you to buy and sell. Uh, seems like the same thing is, is right around the corner here in the U.S. We're also going to talk about good news. Students, students who overturned this biological sex madness over in Pennsylvania. We'll talk about that. And then we're going to talk about Halloween, how to approach Halloween. And as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, he says, let me show you a more excellent way. That's what we're going to show you today, a more excellent way uh, for a Catholic to celebrate this day. Paul, a lot to talk about today. Yes, yes. <clears throat> Looking forward to getting into it. Let's jump right into it. Uh, the IRS is moving against Christians. It doesn't surprise me, Paul. It seems like uh, it's it's right now it's open season on Christianity, even more so under the Biden administration, it's worse than I've ever seen it in my life. And so why in the world does uh, the Internal Revenue Service during the Barack Obama administration infamously targeted Christian and conservative groups, denying them tax status? So they had to withhold their comments about what was happening to the nation during that election year. And a recent Newsweek investigation revealed that the FBI has the new classification for those that suspects of harboring domestic terrorist components. MAGA supporters make America great, like myself, many of whom are Christian. Now, a report from the American Center for Law and Justice reveals that the IRS still is at it. As litigation involving the Federal Service has revealed, it has 345,000 pages of documents related to targeting Christians. Wow. Mm. In yeah. fact, the litigation shows more than 56,000 pages of IRS documents relating to the Bible. 115,000 pages relating, relating to the word Christian. 26,000 IRS pages relating to the word of God. And 50,000 IRS documents relating to prayer. Mm. Uh, the ACLA, ACLJ, run by the seculars, the father and the son, said the following, just as Newsweek broke the story that the FBI is targeting MAGA supporters of Donald Trump, as the 2024 presidential election nears, we unearthed bombshell revelations in our Freedom of Information Act lawsuit showing that the Biden IRS is also targeting Christians. Wow. Paul, you want to pick it up yeah. from there? 
Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. The, re the report explained? The report explained that Joe Biden and FBI Chief Christopher Wray both have a history of targeting conservatives and Christians, which the ACLJ recently proved in another lawsuit against the deep state uh, and, and the deep state being, in this case, the FBI. Uh, it is cited the Newsweek reporting in, uh, confirmed the federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 2024 election uh, is so great that it has quietly created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers, uh, the ACLJ reported. Such a report by Newsweek is uninspiring because of Biden, because the Biden administration's past transgressions of targeting political opposition. The ACLJ, that's the Center for Liberty and Justice, uh, American Center for Liberty and Justice, knows firsthand about the deep state tactics after the IRS Tea Party targeting and more recently uh, from, from the lawsuit which they filed against the IRS we found out the IRS was now targeting Christian groups, refusing to grant them tax exempt status. I just, I want to pause right here, yeah. you know, and, and just read in this yep, article. Yep. This is, this is no surprise, Jess, no surprise at all. And, 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 and dare I say, this is just the Biden administration. It happened under Lois Lerner with Barack Obama. If you remember that when they were. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, so this is, this is really, I mean, when you really think about it, Christians, because of our, 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 you know, we are social conservatives, right? So, yes, uh, yes. but we're not very tolerated amongst the rhino type Republicans either. Absolutely. And so in, real, so, so in reality, is, is this is the same old war that we're dealing with every day. This is light and darkness. This is good and evil. And uh, so there is it doesn't really, and, and people need to realize this, it really doesn't matter so much in the sense that the Republican Party is not going to save the United States. It's no, not going to no. save the world. Yeah. The only thing that's going to save us is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yes? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, so we need to, you know, understand that yes, while it's important to vote responsibly and to, you know, and to take a stand, you know, you know, when it comes to our, our civil responsibilities, the reality is those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That will not change because this is a, this is the spiritual aspect of it. When you live for uh, uh, when you live for God, when you choose to do right, this world, what does it say in the Psalms? They eat up my people like like bread. bread. And yep. And that's exactly what we see going on here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, go ahead and pick it up, Paul. C continue. <clears throat> yeah. Because of its earlier confrontations with the IRS over the agency's discrimination against Christian groups, the ACLJ sought a long list of documents. We specifically asked for documents related to the word of God, the Bible, Christian prayer, etc., the group said, when the Biden administration refused to comply, a lawsuit was filed. 
And of course, they're going to refuse because darkness fears the light for fear that it'll be exposed. While the yep. case still isn't resolved, the ACLJ said, we now know the IRS has 345,000 pages of documents related to targeting Christians, but the list of the terms involved and the sheer volume of documents are shocking. Regarding the term word of God, the IRS has 26,000 pages of documents and regarding prayer, the IRS has over 50,000 pages of documents. The organization wondered why in the world does the IRS have 26,000 pages of documents related to the word of God? We have caught the IRS red-handed in its unlawful targeting of Christian groups. We aren't buying the IRS's complaints about the volume of documents. So we are going back to court to ensure we receive all the needed documents. The report said Christians should be outraged to know that their federal government... We just don't have time to pull up these documents. They had time to write them, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. The last sentence says it all, Paul. The report said Christians should be outraged and know that their federal government violated religious liberty in such an egregious manner. Yes. <clears throat> Here's the way I, I, I look at the American landscape. You have two parties that run this country. Ultimately, politics isn't the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. The social kingship of Christ we just celebrated in the traditional calendar this Sunday at Holy Mass, the Christ the King. <clears throat> but uh, you do have two parties. I would say that one party has fourth degree cancer, the Democrat Party. The other party has first stage cancer, the Republican Party. Yes. The, Repu the, the Republican Party can be somebody with first stage cancer can be rehabilitated with Catholic doctrine, Catholic chemotherapy, Catholic moral social chemotherapy. Uh, the the Democrat Party stick a fork in it, they're cooked. You can't. There's nothing you can do to them. <clears throat> uh, to prepare for the show, I went to the DNC uh, DNC.com to their party platform to see how many times they mention the word God. Hmm. The DNC w mentions the word God in their party platform three times, and every time they mention God, they use God's name as an adjective. They hmm. three times it says God given. You know, God-given right, yes. God-given potential, right. God-given uh, potential. The Republican Party in their RNC.com party platform mentions God 15 times. And every time God is mentioned in the Republican Party platform, he's mentioned as a noun. Just like, yes. you know, God bless America or one true God or nature's a God. Person. Like, yeah, person. Right. So the Republicans mention God in their documents as a person like we do as Catholics. The Democrats mention God only three times in their documents, not as a person. They use the name God as an adjective, our God-given rights, our, our, our God-given our God potential. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Democrat Party, let's just be honest, they're the, they're the party that booed God. If, 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 mm. I mean, do I have to remind people of what, what happened September 5th, 2012 under yes. Team Obama and uh, yes. Mayor Villaregosa? They're the party, the delegates officially booed God out of the party platform. Mm. All right. Hey, we want to talk about some heroes up next on The Rundown. How Pennsylvania students surprise the media by demanding restrooms divided by biological sex. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. I'll tell you what's even scarier than Halloween is what the liberal woke uh, Democrats are doing to this country. That's yes. pretty scary. Paul, just wanted to mention that in, in, in many instances, you'll find when the Democrats are in charge and they're leading maybe Congress or they're leading the Senate uh, in, in, in the Pledge of Allegiance, you'll find that many of their leaders, they'll purposefully omit to say one nation under God. They just bypass mm. that phrase. Uh, and, and that's not uncommon. That's happened several times. They get called on it and they just like, you know... Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, they control the media, so there's not, they don't get a lot of blowback. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're not only the party that's booed God. They're the party yeah. that tries to omit the name of God every time they're in power and they get to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, Jess, we've talked about this in the past. You remember um, the, when, we talk, when we examine their platform, uh, the inherently evil things that they stand for, such as same-sex marriage, uh, abortion, on demand euthanasia uh, yeah euthanasia trans lgbt ideology body mutilation yeah. yes yes all of these things are being pushed by the democrat party so it's it's not a surprise that when they're in power that they work within the levers of government since they control them and in this case they weaponize the um, irs in order to do what target their political enemies there you we, go. we also that's it. yeah we also we also talked about the link between marxism and the democrat party and everybody knows that this this social marxist ideology that's being pushed by those on the far left and you know that they're trying to ram this down our throats um this, well it's, it's interesting you say that because there's there's a at, at, at least a half a dozen democrats that have actually they they've taken on another name within the party. They call themselves mm. DSA, Democrat Socialists of America. Bernie Sanders mm. part of it, the Squad's part of it, AOC's like what the ringleader. So they're not yeah. even hiding it no more. They call themselves yeah. DSA, Democrat Socialists of America, but they're within the Democrat Party. Yeah. So that that yes. that's the social that's the openly communist branch of the Democrat Party. And there's at least six uh, standing members, senators and congressmen that are openly uh, part of that party. Right. And so I just want to remind our audience, the reason why we're on top of it so good is because why? Because when you understand the spiritual component to all of this, you uh, it's it's clear to see, you know, there's, there's clear lines of delineation here. Again, this is nothing more than the age old battle, uh, you know, the light and the darkness. And, uh, you know, we have to remember as Catholics, you know, we're, you know, we are on the offensive. We are church militant. Uh, we have no reason to fear Jesus Christ. All authority has been given to him. And by virtue of his authority, he has commissioned us. Uh, he's given us a mandate to go out and to set the captive free. Like Jess says, he calls us soul patrol. That's what we're doing. Right. We're snatching souls from the fire. That's exactly what the epistle of Jude says. Paul, somebody send mm -hmm. me a funny meme. I'm going to share it with you. Somebody send me a, a meme. It says, this Halloween, I'm going to wear a medical face mask and put band-aids on my arms to show how up to date my boosters are. I'll be going as the scariest thing imaginable. 
a compliant citizen. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like so let's it. Ta- let's talk about some good news here. How Pennsylvania students surprise the media by demanding restrooms divided by biological sex. Good for these young people. Awesome. Yeah. This is what it's going to take. Collegeville, Pennsylvania is a distant suburb of Philadelphia, about 30 miles from the city limits. Like many such suburbs, it tends to be politically liberal and vote Democrat. The town is also the headquarters of the Perkyo Men Valley School System, which also leans woke. Many were surprised to hear that the school board voted five to four to institute policy 720, which requires students to use the bathroom assigned to their biological sex. Wow, victory. A casual mm. reader of the mainstream media might think such a conservative decision would trigger a groundswell of support among students for their trans- transsexual classmates. After all, the media narrative claims that transgender children undergo daily trauma because they can't use the school restrooms that meet their orientation. So immense mm. is a trauma that some mental health experts predict that many of these children will elect to end their own lives. Mm. The, thus, the media are happy to broadcast stories where students support their transsexual classmates. The controversy over biological sex uh, <clears throat> over transgender bathrooms began in 2018 when the Perkyo Men Valley District followed the liberal pro-transgender path. Uh, Superintendent Barbara Russell spoke to the current interpretation of Title IX of the Federal Elementary and Secondary Education Act, which under which gender identification is a protected class. In other words, the district would allow biological men to use women's restrooms based purely on the person's identification. The superintendent continued. This is our policy. Then Mm. Tim Jagger's teenage daughter found a boy when she entered the girl's restroom. She complained to her father. Mr. Jagger relayed her concern to the board. A supportive board proposed a member proposed a new ruling limiting restroom use to one biological sex. However, on September 11, 2023, the school board signaled its agreement with the superintendent. They voted 5-4 against the proposal. Then, the Perkyoman Valley students surprised the media and the rest of the woke world. Contradicting the media narrative, these students borrowed a tactic from the leftist playbook and walked out of their classrooms to show support for biological sex-assigned bathrooms. Awesome. Good job. Mm-hmm. John Ott, a student who helped organize the walkout, takes a chivalric attitude towards the young women in his school. He said this Sh- quote. Chivalric, yes. Yeah. That's a that's a Catholic word that came from the Middle Ages. That was a word that was uh, used to describe the, the Crusaders, a volunteer nice. army called the Holy mm-hmm. League uh, that uh, that fought against the Muslim invaders, the, the Ottoman uh, Empire. That, that, that name came from medieval Catholicism. Catholic men were chivalric, which means somebody who is willing to fight for women and fight for children and fight for the uh, for those that can't defend themselves. That's what chivalry means. It's a Catholic word. Yeah. So it's, go ahead, Paul. No, I was going to say it's a good time to comment just because this article, you know, it speaks about a lot of truths here. Number one, this ideology uh, that we know that is being pushed and imposed on our society it violates natural law. Yeah. And so because it violates natural law, you see instant, you know, in instances where uh, people just say enough's enough and they actually do the right thing. Because why? Again, this, this is something that appeals to natural law and common sense. But 
the reason why we're in this situation to begin with, and um, and a lot of people, you know, won't understand this, but if you study history and you look at history, you understand that Jesus Christ has, you know, what did he say? All authority has been given unto me. And that is that includes authority over the state, and that includes authority over the church. And the church has always taught that, you know, that's why, you know, when you look at, at Catholic history, did we lose which Paul? basically... Did we lose him? I can't hear him. You can't hear me? Okay, now I can hear you. You got back. You're back. Go ahead. I, I, I don't know what we lost, you guys... We lost you for 10 seconds. Okay. So uh, going back to understanding what what the Catholic church did in history is there was never any separation of church and state. They were combined. And why? Because the state worked together with the church yeah. in order to help man realize his end, which was heaven. And so when you, un, un, um, when you, when you basically disconnect the church from the state, then you have the state uh, making unjust laws those unjust laws that we see you know uh include same-sex marriage include allowing children to pick their gender and mutilate themselves all of these absurdities that would never have taken place have basically uh come about because every action for every action there's a reaction for every cause there's an effect when you separate the church from the state as you know as the myth says well, you, you uh, that's akin to basically separating God from man. Yeah, and that's a that's a Masonic principle that was taught by and implemented by the Freemasons at the start of this country, yes. the separation of church and state. Yes. It's not a Catholic principle. The Catholic principle yes. is, is that the, the church is a supernatural institution. The state is a natural institution. The supernatural must influence. The supernatural yes. uh, must, uh, must uh, evangelize. And, uh, and 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 guide, give moral guidance to the natural, and that's just not yes. happening any longer. Uh, Paul, I just want to I just want to say kudos to these young kids that stood mm -hmm. up. Uh, it, it, here's it, John Ott, a student who helped organize the walkout, takes a chivalric attitude towards the young women in his school. He's this is what these young students said: "Quote, we wanted to protect them, the girls. They didn't want they didn't want men in their bathroom." One of his fellow students, Victoria Rudolph, echoed John's sentiments: "Quote." I think she's a female. She says, it's just uncomfortable to see 19-year-old men or 18-year-old men in my bathroom, close quote. In light of the students' mm. action and an avalanche of parent concern, the board reversed the superintendent's policy on October 2nd, also by a 5-4 vote. So uh, mm. uh, this, this is what happens when people get involved. I know something similar happened. This, last week, I just read that over in Huntington Beach, the library, you got people of faith. Uh, patriots and conservatives, they went to the Huntington Beach Library and they demanded that they stop the drag street, drag queen story hours and to get rid of all the books in there that were promoting uh, the the LGBT movement. And they won. Huntington Beach got rid of everything to stop the drag queen. Same thing happened this week <laughs> in the San Fernando Library. I know a lot about that yes. library. I spent a lot of hours in that library growing up. The San yes. Fernando Library, yeah. You sound surprised, and they won. You know, I mean, who who would have thought back twenty years ago, thirty years ago, we'd be having a conversation about you know parents complaining about a drag queen story hour in a library, and you know, and that it would actually have to we would have to fight be newsworthy like it's that. newsworthy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, it, it, because I'll tell you because these these uh, uh 
this woke culture, they control all the levers of power. So when I see these little victories around the country, I, I do get happy, man. I mean, my heart yeah. does flutter. Uh, and I knew a lot of people that went to go com- protest in San Fernando. A lot of people that I know, uh, yeah. people of faith, Catholics and Protestants. Yeah. And the city council says, okay, we'll get rid of the drag queen story hours. And we'll start getting rid of all these books that you guys, you parents don't want here. So it can happen. Uh, and all these parents are doing, they're not pushing Christianity. You're saying you got to have the Bible in every library and, and every every different translation. No, they're just saying, get rid of this literature that uh, that promotes immodesty, that pom- that promotes profanity and promotes indecency. Uh, that that's all. They just want a standard. That's all they want. They're not yeah. trying to build a theocracy in that in that library. Yeah, yeah. Jess, who was it that quoted? Uh, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Yeah. Uh, yep. Remember that quote? Uh, I can't Edmund, remember. Ed, Edmund Burke. Edmund Burke. Edmund Burke. Yep. Yeah. All right. Two man car. Jesus nine one. Hey, we're going to talk a little bit about Halloween. Uh, I'll give you some quotes from Pope Benedict, some of the exorcists uh, in recent times, what they've said about Halloween. And then I'll I'll give you my take on uh, how we should approach this day. We'll be back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Halloween. The word hollow means holy. Ween means evening. It is the holy evening before All Saints Day. As Catholics, uh, tomorrow is a holy day of obligation. There's only six holy days of obligation in the U.S. And so remember, tomorrow is a holy day of obligation. Or you can go today to Holy Mass uh, at, at the vigil. Tonight you can... Okay, so we're talking about Halloween. I'd like to start by reading an article. We lost Jess. We'll get him back. The Catholic Roots of Halloween, the Vigil of All Saints Day. Although Halloween has been embraced by the secular world, its foundations are firmly rooted in Catholic tradition. A lot of people don't know that. Dr. Malcolm Brown of the Alquin Institute for Catholic Culture explains the significance of All Hallows' Eve. This is an article written by Mr. Christopher Wells. In the modern world, and especially in English-speaking countries, Halloween has become one of the most important holidays of the year, with millions of children and adults dressing up as their favorite heroes, superstars, ghouls, and goblins. While some people have connected Halloween to earlier pagan celebrations of the new year, Halloween actually has significant Catholic roots. The name itself comes from All Hallows' Eve, that is, the Vigil of All Saints' Day, when Catholics remember those who have gone before before us to enter our heavenly home. Immediately afterwards, on November 2nd, the church commemorates all the faithful departed still detained in purgatory and prayers and suffrage for them. 
The memory of those who have gone before us naturally leads to thoughts of mortality and the liturgical focus of the end times during this period of the church year adds to the atmosphere of gloom. In a memorandum of the celebration of Halloween issued last year for this diocese, Bishop David Calandrela of Tulsa, Oklahoma, stresses the importance of maintaining the Catholic meaning and purpose of all holy days, especially those which have been adopted and adapted by the culture around us. And that's definitely the case with Halloween. Uh, he explains... Yes, uh, he explains the uh, the how customs such as dressing up for Halloween and appealing to frightful imagery can be done in a Catholic spirit, while warning that we want to intentionally avoid those things that are contrary to our Catholic faith, but have become popularized through the secular adoption of Halloween. Vatican News spoke with Dr. Marcel Brown of the Alcuin uh, uh, Institute of Catholic Culture in Tulsa about the Catholic roots of Halloween. The Feast of Halloween is one of those feasts on the Catholic calendar that is celebrated on the eve of a great solemnity. He said, Dr. Brown explained that the word Halloween refers to the Feast of All Saints. The word itself taken an, uh, taken an old English term, hallows meaning holy and uh, a truncation of the word evening. That would be Eve's, Hallows Eve, in reference to the vigil of the feast. So really, Halloween is the feast of the celebration of the feast of All Hallows Eve. He said, so it's a day that Catholics celebrate the triumph of the church in heaven and the lives of the saints on earth. The modern focus on the eerie or the mysterious also has a Catholic aspect. When we think of Halloween, I think we often think of ghosts, goblins, and ghoulish faces, Dr. Brown said. But even these in the Catholic tradition are supposed to be reminders of death and the last things. He continued, so just as we commemorate the Feast of All Saints on November 1st, beginning with All Hallows' Eve on Halloween. We also think about the, and turn our minds really to the last things, death, judgment, heaven, hell. And really our focus should be since all, since we all must die and are destined to the judgment and how we, uh, you know, how then we to live, how then are we to live? We, okay, so basically what he's saying is this is a reflection on, you know, this is an opportunity to remember that we are all mortal, that we that we are all going to face the judgment seat of Christ. So it actually, again, uh, when you really examine the Christian roots behind this, uh, clearly see that uh, uh, these things are centered on the things that are taught in the Bible. And I'll, I'll conclude the article with, in, in his memorandum, Bishop Calandra invites the faithful to urge one another this Halloween to express in every detail of our observance the beauty and the depth of the Feast of All Saints. Let us make this year's celebration, he says, an act of true devotion to God, whose saints give us hope that we too may one day enter the, ki the kingdom prepared for God's holy ones from the beginning of time. Jess, are you back with us? 
Okay, yep. I think we I'm might here. Have Paul, oh, it's interesting. Okay, no, I can you hear me? I, yeah. I can hear you. Got I it. I can hear you, Paul. Yeah. It, everything that comes from God, the devil's always trying to mess it up. I'll give you an example. Like th- these three days, Halloween, All Saints Day, All Souls Day, the devil will get in there and he will he will try to uh, adopt it and adapt it and, and bring bring out the darkness, the worst of, of humanity on this day, October 31st. It's just like yep. marriage. Who gave us marriage? God. The devil, uh, w- w- the devil puts his hands on marriage. What do you get? Uh, the LGBT yeah. movement, abortion, somo- homosexual marriage, thruples, uh, orgies. So everything that God has given to us that is good, the devil always tries to destroy. In particular, this day or these three days, October 31st, as Catholics, as the article said, one of the things that we as Catholics need to remember is that all of us are going to experience the last four things. That's one of the things that the secular people during Halloween with all their portrayals of, of death and, and, and the macabre. Uh, it, it's a it's a good time to discuss and catechize friends and relatives about the last four things that we're all going to experience. Death, judgment, Amen. heaven, and hell. I mean, you see Amen. people's front yards uh, that have, uh, you know, these uh, tombstones and grave markers and skeletons. I just want to remind you, some people say, well, that's completely offensive. Well, in, in a sense it is, but let's also remember that in the Middle Ages in the Catholic Church, and you can still see them now today, and these are churches that go back way over a thousand years, outside the perimeter of the roof of many Catholic churches in, in, in Europe, you have statues of gargoyles. What are gargoyles? They're demons. They're demons. And they wrap around the top of the churches in medieval Europe. Why? The gargoyles, the statues of these demons outside the perimeter of the roof of these Catholic church, the most beautiful Catholic churches across the pond, it's to remind people of the reality of demons in the world. Those statues aren't inside the church, they're outside around the roof. It's to remind people that outside the church, this is what you're going to be dealing with. And also, people also forget that in the medieval times, you have many saints that they would preach during the season of Lent, like St. Thomas Aquinas and many others, they would put a human skull on the pulpit. Yeah, there was a human skull on the pulpit during the homily, and under the skull it said memento mori, which is Latin means remember you must die. I think that practice should come back. I'd love for Catholic priests in, 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 in the Latin rite, in the Latin mass, and in the Novus Ordo to start during Lent for 40 days. Put a skull a human skull right there on the on the on the on the ambo and put that sign memento mori remember you must die I, love it. I think that's a good thing to bring back and you also some people don't realize every time you pass by a cemetery or even during people as they adorn their houses for halloween it says rip rip well rip is a latin prayer that's catholic this is found on mm. gravestones throughout the world and of course on people's front yards during halloween uh, rip it's a Latin phrase, which is requesiat in pace, which is rest in peace in Latin. Uh, mm. And so, of course, it's actually a much longer prayer in the Latin, but that's what it is. Requesiat in pace, which is rest in peace. Uh, mm. and, and so as Catholics, we 
we don't run away from evil, so to speak. We, we, we could baptize it. Again, the Catholic Church t- took statues of demons and put them around the Catholic churches on the rooftop to remind yes. people outside the church there are demons. The Catholic Church, R.I.P. all over the... That's a Catholic phrase in Latin. That's a Catholic yes. prayer. Uh, yeah. You know, putting a skull on the pulpit. Th- these are ways for us to remember that we're all going to enter into that death judgment heaven and hell but if you yeah. live and die in a state of grace you have nothing to fear yeah jess um, uh, great points that that you bring up and i just want to remind the audience again we refer to the church on earth as church militant that is to to recognize the fact that we are we are uh involved in a conflict while we're here on earth there's a conflict going on and it is a, a, a literally a conflict between good and evil, between light and darkness. And so what the church has done, when Jesus Christ gave the great commission to go out into the world, and he gave us the mandate, the mandate, uh, to, to go out and, 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 and teach the world all that he commanded. Uh, the world was a pagan world back then, Jess. The world was in darkness. And it was when the light that came into the world, according to the Gospel of John, that the darkness could not overcome it. Hmm. That light is Jesus Christ. And he has given us, uh, according to the Gospel of John, it is the light of every man, the light that lightens every man. And so uh, now that that thought, Paul, hold that thought. Jesus 911, stick around. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Halloween. It means holy evening. That's what it means. But the way a lot of Catholics are, and pagans and secular humanists, the way they celebrate today, it's Hell, H-E-L-L, mm. Halloween. It's supposed mm. to be holy ween. So <laughs> let's just be honest that the culture has taken Halloween this day in the wrong direction. We see the glorification of ugliness and evil and death and demons and vulgarity and violence and darkness. Um, it's it's an American holiday and... and, and <laughs> And there's a lot of pressure, by the way, there's a lot of pressure on Catholics, you know, to go along and get along. So that's what I want to talk about right now in these next couple of minutes. Uh, you know, the whole vampire and zombies and witches, all this, all this occult, it's become mainstream through music, through entertainment, through Hollywood, through education. Uh, and then we also become kind of desensitized, Paul, because... All, a lot of our headlines, we have mass murders, we have shootings and butcherings and cannibalism and babies, uh, mothers killing their babies and torture and riots and open looting and other violent crimes. A lot of people say that this is the new normal in America. So for me, ha- Halloween or the worst aspects of Halloween is being lived out in the culture around the world by the, by the wars we incite and by the and by the chaos in our country as well. So... 
let me, let me, amongst Catholics, I see Catholics divide into three groups. Here's the way I've seen all my life. You have a set of Catholics, and, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm just kind of just outline, and then I'll tell you where I fall in. Some Catholics say, hey, Halloween's here. Great, honey, don't forget to dress, dress like a Playboy bunny. I'm going to dress like a serial killer like Freddy Krueger. Wow, what a great day. Uh, they indulge themselves in the day. They're, they're planning parties after work. Uh, they, there's going to be all kinds of, you know, people are going to be getting intoxicated. It, it, today's a very secular day for a lot of secular people in this country. You know, profanity, vulgarity, pinching people in the behind at, 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 uh, at, at uh, the party after work, uh, you know, at, at, at the work party. People are just saying, hey, just have a little fun, you know, maybe a little bit of wife swapping at the end of the night after you're drunk, you know, just a little bit of wife swapping. People are just saying, hey, let's have fun. Let's indulge. So that's group A. Then you have another group of Catholics, and I respect them. Some of them say, oh, no, this whole day's demonic. Turn off your porch lights. Don't pass out candy. Anybody who participates in this American holiday is going to hell, okay? Uh, so that's a second group of Catholics, run for the hills Catholics. And I respect that. Everybody has to make their own decision. Now. Better than the first group. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I agree. <laughs> I, I'm part of a St. Paul uses a phrase in first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, when he talks about love and he says, let me show you a more excellent way. Mm. That's what I want to do here. I want to show you a more excellent way. The third way I believe we're called to transform this day by baptizing it with our Catholic faith, because to this evening is actually attached to November 1st. You can't separate it. It's mm-hmm. the evening before All Saints Day. So they're attached like, like, like a rubber band. You can't, you can't detach them. So I say that we baptize this day. So Amen. H- h- how do we do it? Okay. Here's one of the things I do. I went to Holy Mass this morning. I did my rosary. I'll be hitting all my prayers today. I did my 6 a.m. Uh, Angelus. I did a lot of spiritual warfare prayers after Mass. Uh, walked around the perimeter of my house, uh, my property, and I did what's called a perimeter prayer. I asked God, God to send angels around every single square inch of my property. Uh, it's called a perimeter prayer. You can get it. Uh, and uh, there's, an ex- there's a website of all these Catholic exorcism prayers. It's called exorcism.org by uh, Father. Um, he's a Washington, D.C. exorcist. He has all these prayers up there. So I, I, I walked around, I did a perimeter prayer, and I did put holy water around my property as I walked around. I'll do my 12 noon Angelus. I'm going to do my three o'clock divine mercy. Uh, tonight when the ghouls and goblins come, I got candy for them and good candy. Uh, on, on both sides of my, on one side of my door, I have a big statue of Jesus, the sacred heart of Jesus. It's about four foot stone statue. On the other side of my front door, I have a four, four foot stone statue of our, of the immaculate heart of Mary. So two big mm. statues right on both sides of the front door. Then in my front lawn, I have a big cross. It's a, it's a, it's a Irish Celtic cross. That's the cross that St. Uh, um, Patrick, who was an, a fourth century exorcist, that's the cross that he used to exorcise the island of Ireland, the Celtic cross. I have that right in my front lawn. It's about three feet high. So when people come over, I'm going to be playing Gregorian chant in the background. 
uh, my house, I'm going to have been all prayed up. And everybody that I, I always wear every single year, I wear a big baseball cap. I should have wore it right now so you guys could see it. It says Jesus is Lord, like big block, like big old Roman numeral block letter. Jesus is Lord. Then I'll have my St. Benedict's medal around my neck with my miraculous medals hanging out of my shirt. And then, and then I have a, I'll have a Catholic t-shirt on. I'll have one of my Catholic t-shirts on proud to be Catholic or something. Jesus, something I'll have some Christian t-shirt on. So as the kids come to my door and then I also have about a thousand divine mercy prayer cards, they're small. So they fit like in my hand and it's got the divine mercy prayers in the back and a beautiful picture of Jesus in the front. So, I put the divine mercy in the palm of my hand and I fill my hand with candy so the kids can't see it. And as they come, I look at each little kid that sticks her bag out and I look at each one in the eye and I say, Jesus loves you. God loves you. And I give them a handful of candy and I stick a prayer card without them seeing it in their bags as well. Wow. And so a lot of kids, a lot of Kids, every year when they come, and even back when I was in California, when they stop in front of the house, I can hear them from the sidewalk as they're walking over here. I can hear them saying, Mommy, Daddy, that's the Jesus house. That's the Jesus house. <laughs> and, and, and then I hear, and the parents are on the sidewalk. They're like waving high and like, thank you, thank you for blessing my children. So mm. it, th- there's a lot of positive feedback. And so that's a way to, that's what I call the third way. It's a way to use this day that the culture of death has ripped off basically almost entirely. And this That's is the it. way I baptize this day. And I try to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ to evangelize uh, my brothers and sisters. Because who knows what can happen when some of these kids go home and they open up their bag and they see a prayer card of the divine mercy of Jesus. And look at the back and say, Mommy, look at that man gave me this prayer. Oh, well, let's see, let's see what it says. Who knows? It could, if they're ex-Catholics or fallen away Catholics, it could trigger something. It could give them some actual grace to say, wow, we need to get back to the mass. We need to get back to the sacraments. Uh, and even people that aren't Catholics, Protestants and Mormons, uh, they, uh, they're, oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. You know, for, thank you for that blessing. Thank you. Uh, and so again, that, that's a way of using today with, without going to, to one extreme or another overindulging like a secular humanist pagan or the other way running to the hills for the evening. That's a way of transforming the day uh, by baptizing it with our Catholic faith. Paul. Oh yeah. Jess, you have redeemed the day. Yeah. That's what you, you have go. done. And so when you, when you, now we're talking about that group that wants to just, you know, close up and turn the lights out and everything else. Well, that's fine. But guess what? Yeah. That's right. de- that's that's defense, you know. We're not. I'm going on offense. Defensive. Yeah, that's exactly. right. We're going on offense. Bingo. Right? Because Christ. Yeah. Because why? Because as as believers, we're we're called to share in the ministry of Christ and to be burdened for His ministry. And what was His ministry? Just I came to save that which was lost. And right now, our world is a lost world. It's fallen apart at the seams. And as you know, Jess, uh, the new covenant in, in, in the blood of our Lord himself is attached with blessing for those that when we obey the covenant, we receive incredible blessing from God. 
But when we disobey the covenant, well, the curses of the covenant come in. Okay. And right now, our world, it's unfortunate, but has uh, we live in what they call a post-Christian era. We have, deep, uh, I, 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 when uh, Jeremiah, when he saw the, the Shekinah glory of the Lord lead the temple, the word was Ichabod, right? Uh, the glory of the Lord departed, you know? That's what he saw. Well, the you know, the, the glory days for the church on this earth, you know, right now, we're not doing too well. Okay, mm -hmm. but that can all change because what does God tell us? If my people who are called by my name, Jess, if you know, if you know, will turn from their wicked ways, Jess, if, you know, will humble themselves and pray, you know, that's when God is going to heal us. That's when He's going to bless us, and it's never too late as long as the, we have energy, as long as we have uh, a will and a desire, we can submit to the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And we can transform uh, this day, Jess. We can transform Amen. this country. Amen. And I'll give you uh, I'll give you a little piece of advice for those uh, that are saying, OK, I want to prepare for the night. Do, make sure you do the rosary before the, the little ghouls and goblins come. Pray your rosary throughout the day. Pray your divine mercy at three o'clock. And also yeah. before the ghouls and goblins come. Pray, stand in the middle of your living room, mom or dad, preferably dad. Pray Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is the oldest exorcism prayer in Judeo-Christianity. That prayer was used a thousand years before by Solomon and David before the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that prayer, Psalm 91, is still used by Catholic exorcists today because it's so ancient and so effective. So open up your Bible, make the sign of the cross, and uh, and just and say, I claim Psalm 91 over my entire family and my property. And then just say that prayer with faith and get ready for tonight. Get ready to evangelize. Yes. And Jess, I, I'm glad you, you you emphasize the exorcism prayers because why? Uh, it You're putting the focus on the fact that really everything that we see going on, there, there there's a connection between the, the, the natural world, the physical world, and the spiritual world. And that you recognize that we wrestle not with flesh and blood and that in order to, you know, to exercise victory and to have a certain amount of victory, you have to see this as a spiritual battle. And we have to fortify ourselves Amen. and equip ourselves with spiritual weapons. You got it. Jesus 911. That's a wrap. EOW. End of watch. Two man car. Remember, evangelize or fossilize. And let's pray America great again. Remember, we're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. God bless you. See you next time. Keep the faith. <laughs>